How are you doing? I'm not great. What's wrong? Oh, I did a bad thing. Oh, fuck. You told me not to, but I I did it. All right. Speak. Watched, I watched King Lear on National oh, Theatre with Ian McClellan. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, found out, like, we don't really need to do this. All we have to do is go out and tell her, tell everyone that they absolutely just must watch the National Theatre's production mm. of King Lear with Ian McClellan. I told you, didn't I tell you? Did you see it? I haven't, actually. You follow your own advice. I do. I, mean, I think even Harold Bloom would have approved. I just don't see the point anymore. You know, I really don't. I can't. I can't li- seriously do anything near what he does. I mean, I'm light years away from that. Mm-hmm. And all the actors, every single one, and there was no weak link. Edmund oh, and the fool, <laughs> Kent, the evil sisters, and the way they handled that gouging scene. I mean, it was masterful. I'm not, I don't know about that scene with Edgar and. Tom of Bedlam and the Cliff and so on. I mean, but that's so hard to make a success. Okay. What do you mean, okay? I mean, okay, sure. Let's let it go. Actually, I have some work to do in my novel this morning anyway. Yeah, but we've done so much work on this. All wasted now. Oh, maybe not totally wasted. You said it yourself. But uh, don't you want to change my mind? No, I don't, actually. I don't want to change your mind. This was a good exercise in a lot of ways, and I'm okay with letting it go. Come on. What? No, change my mind. No! You're perfectly right. You are light years away from Ian, Ian McKellen as an actor. The same for me when it comes to The Fool and Edmonton. Edmund. You know, we just have to hand in our swords and crowns and clowns hats and go home now. I told you. Didn't I tell you? I don't want to give it up. What's the point? You said it. Well, there's one thing we do that they didn't. There is that. What do we do? Well, it's the way we go more deeply into the text, you know. I mean, there's so much there. And in this production, which was on stage, I mean, they have to run everything so fast, right, to get through (laughs) before five hours so the dramatic art can succeed. I mean, a lot of those lines, you just just can't hear them. And some of the things in Lear's speeches, they're so profound. And McClellan, he had to run them so fast to get to the next beat, and I could hardly hear them. I mean, I knew it because I've memorized it all. I doubt the audience could really take it in. So, you know, we're like unraveling it. We're going deeper and revealing what's underneath. And that's important too, or could be. I mean, maybe that's our purpose, something like that. Otherwise, what are we doing? Because if it's only you you and I doing something together, I mean, we could go fishing. We could play golf. Well, what do you think? Well, I agree. There is that aspect. But honestly, Shahari, I'm going to call McClellan. 
I mean, you <laughs> just told him that he didn't go deep. He's been a professional for years. He can be fast, but he can be deep for God's sake. And by the way, I hate that word, arc. It really irritates me. People throw that <laughs> word around as if they know what they're talking about. Do you know what you're talking about? You know, I understand arc when it comes to golf. That I understand, right? But I do not understand this. Okay, so, all right, there is the aspect of taking time to go deeper, but I really don't think we should in any way. I'm going to tell McLennan if you're not a good boy. That's what I've decided. Okay, so maybe even something simpler, you know, there is the process, you know, and I, you know, I, I love doing the Edmund speeches and I love to do the fool one. And I love, I actually love all the banter between you and I. I love it. I love this whole process. Really, and up to now, I have been having fun, you know. So maybe that's enough. Just enjoying the process of creating our own particular King Lear that may reveal something different that Shakespeare wanted us to do, and maybe someone will listen, and maybe they won't. But we can get up on Tuesday morning, you and I, and look forward to working together on King Lear. And when we finish at the end of the day, me maybe we. Maybe we'll have something, or maybe we won't. You know, we don't have to accomplish something big. We don't have to give up because we aren't as good as the National Theatre. Maybe we can just be as good as we are. And do this thing because there's so much, so damn much inside this place, so much to be revealed, it's, it's humbling. There's so much exposed. So what if no one sees it or if no one ever knows what we did? You and I did a production of Waiting for Godot, too. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes. And how many people saw it? No one. Well, that's not entirely true, Shahari. There was a whole family of comrades sitting on the rock in front of the cabin who watched us. Well, I remember that young woman paddling by in her kayak, and it was an eagle <laughs> on top of that huge pine tree screeching in the intermission. Oh, let's just keep on going. Okay, you talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> and in the future, you do what I tell you to do, for God's sake. Uh, sorry. You're forgiven. So now, what's up, Shahari? Okay, well, there's a lot, but I think we need to just catch up to the chase here and catch up on things with Goneril and Reagan. I mean, both of them are in love with Edmund. He has such a seductive power, doesn't he? I guess that's why I'm playing him. I mean, seriously, sometimes I just have to fight them off. It gets a little tiring. <laughs> oh, give me a break. Oh, come on, Shahari. Remember the woman on the horse on the beach? She was so intrigued by me. She was intrigued by me. Oh, and the one in the kayak. You brought her the kayak. Why was she so intrigued? Look, can you, can you just forget your fantasies here? And <laughs> let's get back on track. I mean, seriously. All right. Always talking about yourself. Okay. Talk about the pot and the kettle. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reagan's husband is dead. And it looks mm -hmm. like she has an advantage there. But, <clears throat> but Goneril, she won't give up that easily. So mm -hmm. she comes up with a plan to get her husband, Albany, out of the picture too. And she suggests to Edmund that he kill Albany, and then he is going to be in line to be a king. 
And all this, it's in a letter she wrote to him. So <clears throat> you fill us in on what Cordelia's been up to. Cordelia, right. Since we last heard from her, she got married and went to France. Kent has been writing to her about her father as being treated. Somehow she is able to put together a French army to invade England. No idea how she does this. I mean, it doesn't really fit in the time sequence, does it? Unless she had access to some airplanes. Just let that go, okay? Now she is at Dover with her armor, ready to take back the kingdom from her sisters and protect her father. <clears throat> Gloucester, he's still with his son, Edgar. Uh-huh. And Oswald, remember Oswald? Yes, he arrives on the scene. Mm-hmm. He's been ordered to kill Gloucester and also give Goneril's letter to Edmund. Edgar steps in to stop him. Oswald says, Wherefore, bold peasant, darest thou support a published traitor? Hence, lest that the infection of his fortune take like hold on thee. Let go his arm. And Edgar shall not let go, sir, without further occasion. Let go, slave, or thou diest. Good gentleman, go your gate and let poor folk pass. And should I have been swaggered of my life, twould not have been so long as tis by a fortnight. Nay, come not near thy old man. Keep out. Chivoye or ye try with your cousin and your ballard be harder. Chill be plain with you. Out, Donghill. Chill, pick your teeth, sir. Come, no matter for your foins, and they fight. Edgar knocks him down. Runs him through the sword. Slave, thou hast slain me. Villain, take my purse. If ever thou wilt thrive, bury my body. Give the letters which thou findst about me to Edmund, Earl of Gloucester. Seek him out upon the British party. Oh, untimely death. Oswald dies. I know thee well, a serviceable villain, as duteous to the vices of thy mistress as badness would desire. What, is he dead? Sit you down, father. Rest you, let's see these pockets, the letters he speaks of. So Edgar searches the pockets and finds the letter, and he reads it. O distinguished space of woman's will, a plot upon her virtuous husband's life, and the exchange, my brother, here in the sands, thee I'll rake up, the post unsanctified of murderous lectures, and in the mature time with this ungracious paper strike the sight of the death-practiced duke. For him tis well that of thy death and business I can tell. Let's just maybe do this again. I'm thinking um, that I will, I will uh, read your line. The Edgar, so Edgar letter? Sir, yeah, and then we give it a little pause while he reads it. So you read it. Okay. The other let's thing start, that is... Bothered, let's start with your... Ed, uh, with, I'll start with Gloucester. What is he dead? Okay, there's something that's bothering me. 
Um, uh-huh. And that is when we go to Oswell, we've got the old English in here from a different translation. Good gentlemen, go your gate and let poor boat pass and should have been swaggered out of my life. Twould not have been so long as tis by fortnight. Do you see all that written? Yeah. Strangely for me. I don't, so it makes me not understand it. It feels like you've taken it from a different translation or something. No, no, I haven't. Um, that is what he says. Hey, what okay. I think is, what I think is, um, we could we could start from that point again. What I'm thinking, you know, the way I'm hearing it in my head uh, is just like gobbledygook. It's it's a little bit like the other lines you did in the other scene. And it's just all rushing past, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I mean, it makes a little bit of sense, but. It's just sort of, well, it's just this poetry. It's just music in a way. It's his voice. Well, it's his, he runs at it and then he goes out and then he goes at him. I don't know. That's just the way I'm Okay, I'll try it. it. I'll try it again. Okay, let's do it again then. <clears throat> okay. Let go, slave, or thou diest. Good gentlemen, go your gate and let provoke pass. And shall have been swaggered of my life. "'Twould not have been so long as tis by fortnight. "'Nay, come not near the old man. "'Keep out, say for ye, or is try, "'whether your custard or your bellow be the harder. "'Chill be plain with you. "'Out, Dunghill. "'Chill pick your teeth, sir. "'Come no matter for your foins.' "'And he knocks him down, "'and Edgar runs him through with his sword. <laughs> <laughs> "'Slave.' Has slain me. Villain, take my purse. If ever thou wilt thrive, bury my body and give the letters which thou findst about me to Edmund, Earl of Gloucester. Seek him out upon the British party. Oh, untimely death. Oswald dies. I know thee well. A serviceable villain, as duteous to the vices of thy mistress as badness with desire. What is he dead? Sit you down, father. Rest you. Let's see these pockets. The letters that he speaks of. So Edgar searches his pockets and finds the letters. And he reads it. Yeah. Oh, undistinguished space of woman's will. A plot upon her virtuous husband's life. And the exchange, my brother. Here in the sands. Thee I'll rake up the most, the post unsanctified of murderous lectures. And in the mature time with this ungracious paper, strike the sight of the death-practiced duke. For him tis well, that of thy death and business I can tell. And Gloucester speak. How stiff is my vile sense that I stand up and have ingenious feelings of my huge sorrows. Better I were distract. So should my thoughts be severed from my griefs. And woes be wrong, imagination lose the knowledge of themselves. Give me your hand. Far off, methinks I hear the beaten drum. Come, father, I'll bestow you with a friend. 
Yeah. So there we are. We're all caught up. Things are moving forward to the ending, step by step. Who will get Edmund? Regan or Goneril? You know that this is a story in itself, isn't it? I mean, we could spend two or three sessions on what is going on between those three. One day, maybe, if there's time. <laughs> and Lear, he's still out in the heath, wandering around with flowers in his hair. Is he going to die out there? Has he really gone mad? Will he ever see Cordelia again? And she, she's with her army, waiting to con- take control of her kingdom again. Who's going to win that battle? Wow, sounds like something from the Game of Thrones. Wild stuff. <laughs> Will we have to do battle scenes next time? <laughs> Luckily, no. All that happens off stage. <laughs> but there are the internal battles going on with all these players, and that's even more intense. Our audience is on the edge of their seats. They can't wait to see what happens next. Right, oh. audience? <laughs> <laughs> all, all eight eight of them? <laughs> eight? We're doing better! <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, all you people. <laughs> we will yeah. be back. We you know, will be back. You know, I just wanted to finish off with this other story. A little okay. bit. Remember last time we talked about Mozart and his opera that had three performances? Oh, yeah. And your play in Barcelona you worked on for three years <laughs> had three uh-huh. performances. That's correct. And, um, well, one of the greatest pieces of music ever written in all time was Schubert's Cello Quintet. And it's just I, I love Schubert, actually. I just, just love it. Yeah. If you listen mm. to this, I mean, you can't help but cry. I mean, you can't help but be just washed away with it. <clears throat> he wrote yeah. this when he was 40 years old. Yeah. He finished it. A month later, he died of syphilis. He never heard it mm. performed in his life. Incredible. So here he's written the greatest, one of the greatest pieces of music of all time, and at least in his own lifetime, he had mm. zero performances. So, I mean, we, I think, if we had eight people listen, we, we, we would be... We're already better than Mozart. <laughs> We've yeah, already well, that's beat a, Mozart. That's an understatement. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> and so by this account, we would be ahead of Schubert, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, aren't you glad that I talked you into continuing, Shahari? <laughs> <laughs> I, <am. laughs> I know you are.